You're listening to Nursing Review Radio. Nurses are often inadequately prepared for work in remote, isolated settings, and stress levels can be high. To combat this, Australian researchers developed a roadmap for occupational stress intervention that targeted the key concerns of remote area nurses and health centre managers. I'm joined by Associate Professor Sue Lenthal from Flinders University to discuss the project. Thank you for joining me, Sue. Thank you for having me. You ran a series of work groups with RANs and health centre managers working in remote Aboriginal communities in Central Australia and the top end of the Northern Territory. What were some of the the key stressors or, or areas for improvement participants identified? Participants identified four main areas of um, stress. So the first one is just the remote context. Uh, You know, it's physically, personally, professionally isolating. Um, And it's a very emotional and demanding role. And that particular area is not something we can do so much about. But the second one is the workload and the scope of practice. So most remote area nurses work uh, in a very broad scope of practice. Uh, It's an advanced practice role where they often have to um, diagnose, prescribe um, medications, uh, act in a public health manner, health promotion, all all sorts of things which nurses working in a hospital probably wouldn't have to do. So with the advanced um, practice, many nurses identified that the levels of responsibilities and expectations by the health service and by the communities they found were too high to be met and that caused quite a deal of stress. The third area is basically um, poor management. Um, Now the managers sometimes I think are an easy target that... um, if something goes wrong, management is the sort of you know the broad group that get blamed. But in remote Australia, there's a habit of putting people in management without very good management skills or with no management experience, and it's sometimes the last person standing becomes the clinic manager. So that was uh, caused a lot of stress on, on various people. The fourth main area was the level of violence and safety concerns. Um, unfortunately, that was highlighted last year when a nurse in, in a remote area nurse in South Australia was um, murdered, and that has really raised the emphasis on on looking at um, the issues about violence and, and safety of remote area nurses. From from those work groups, you, you came up with a roadmap for occupational stress intervention. What did that entail? Many of the interventions focused on uh, trying to establish a better education, particularly orientation um, and education for remote area nurses so that they're properly prepared for the advanced practice role. Um, we found that about 35% of people, remote area nurses in the Northern Territory had not received any orientation whatsoever to their roles. And those who had received an orientation, less than half thought it was adequate. So that, that was a big area. And it's complicated by the fact that there is enormous turnover rate among remote area nurses 
uh, all over Australia, not just the Northern Territory. But in the Northern Territory, a recent um, research project so that showed the turnover rate for RANS was 146%, uh, which is extraordinary. So it's very hard to do a proper orientation uh, for that. And there, there was what we came to call orientation burnout for many people that were there for you know, more than a few months. The numbers of RANS coming through that they had to orientate was just completely burning them out. Mm-hmm. So a key part was orientation. The other key part was trying to establish a more stable workforce. And it's a bit... Um, it, it's, that's very difficult with a turnover rate like that. And it's very difficult to um, really reduce levels of occupational stress when you have such a turnover rate in an unstable workforce like that. Um, I think the other major areas was trying to reduce a sense of isolation by increasing the use of uh, internet in all the accommodation. In the Territory Health Department, there is internet available in the clinic, but not in most of the accommodation, which is not ideal. So there is a program now trying to increase the internet access in the accommodation where people can email, um, you know, video conference or or, um, FaceTime with friends and families, as well as accessing the internet for educational purposes and for professional development. I think the other one was to, one of the major areas, to try and increase the number of permanent relievers. So the relievers that are employed by the health department, they go back to the same communities. So it's not a new person all the time. Um, And to decrease the need for that orientation uh, of everybody that comes through. I mean, there have been some situations where you know, one nurse might be in the clinic and has gone, has seen 136 remote area nurses go through the clinic in 12 months and has had to orientate each of them. So the other area was trying to increase the education and performance of, of managers. So require managers to do some education around management. And with the violence and safety, the main strategies was to increase the use of second responders. And that, since that horrible uh, murder of a remote area nurse in South Australia, has become a real issue. And the Northern Territory Health Department has made it mandatory now for remote area nurses, if they go out on call at night, then they they have to be escorted with a second responder. Some of the interventions laid out what weren't implemented in the 12-month study time frame. What obstacles were there in, in terms of implementation? Well, the, well, the main obstacles were um, the time period, for one. if you For real organisational change, the literature suggests you need at least three years. Um, and we ran the work groups and tried to make changes within 12 months, which probably wasn't realistic. And we have found, even though the project has technically finished, a lot of the interventions are still happening. So they're still being implemented within the health department. So we do hope to be able to repeat this survey um, in a couple of years' time and, and see what the changes have been. The other main area is 
the, the unstable workforce, um, it's a bit of a vicious circle. Until we can do something about stabilising the workforce a little bit and reducing the turnover, then it makes it very difficult to introduce most of the other interventions and actually reducing the stress. Um, and I'm not sure exactly how that's going to happen. The Commonwealth Government's intervention in the Northern Territory and Aboriginal communities occurred around the same time as the start of this project before we did the interventions um, and really created uh, a limitation as to what we could do. It, they also put quite a bit of money into agency staff to try and increase the number of nurses from the East Coast coming to remote Indigenous communities in the Northern Territory. And we need those people, but they didn't put money or strategies into developing a more you know, semi-permanent workforce. So with the use of... Um, agency staff has increased dramatically in the Northern Territory and has greatly increased the turnover rate. So there were some unexpected consequences around the intervention um, that wasn't positive for the workforce. Um, at the moment, it's still an issue, a major issue, that it's easier uh, and often more financially rewarding to work for an agency than it is to work for a health department. And that's partly why the turnover rate is so high. Um, until we can bring down that turnover rate, um, I, I don't think there's very much we can do with really reducing stress levels. But we have been able to have some real wins on the board with this project. Uh, one of the things we identified was that there were a, a number of single nurse uh, clinics, particularly in Central Australia, and the government had already made a decision, or the Northern Territory government had already made a decision to reduce those or, or even get rid of single nurse posts. And through this project, we managed to, um, I think there's no single nurse post left in Central Australia. Um, and we managed to bring in better orientation uh, and education. The other thing that's needed to try and develop a, a more sort of permanent workforce or semi-permanent is um, a career structure for remote area nurses, which the Northern Territory Government um, has done. So there is um, areas where nurses can come in at a lower level, a level two or a level three, and not be expected to go on call straight away and have an educational process that would lead them to um, a level four, which is the normal level of um, remote area nurses. So it allows nurses to be learners, which in the old structure really wasn't, um, you know, wasn't there. People were expected to hit the ground running and know everything, which was totally unrealistic. So... Moving forward, what, what would you say are some of the high priority changes that, that need to be implemented across all remote health centres to, to start to reduce occupational stress and, and improve the, the safety of, of RANS? One of them is to try and reduce the turnover rate. Mm -hmm. So I think there has to be some creative uh, strategies developed to make it you know, a, a good option to work for a health department rather than to work for an agency. 
And I know people are looking at that and they're trying to introduce that. They have also introduced some more um, relievers employed by the health department that will go back to the same community because the huge turnover rate doesn't just impact on remote area nurses. I mean, it's hugely problematic and it creates a lot of stress on, on various people. But it also, you know, isn't great for the community either or the delivery of health services. So um, strategies that will go towards a, a more stable workforce. The education and orientation, everybody needs an orientation before they go out and work in a remote community. Um, and that needs to include agency staff, and that needs to be mandatory for, for everyone. And the standard of education uh, should be increased. To reduce isolation and the sense of isolation, I think it's important that internet is provided uh, in all the accommodation so that people can access um, uh, professional development by the internet after hours. They can also talk to friends, email family, um, so it, it's um, reducing personal, professional isolation. Um, the workload, I think many communities, there is also a need to employ more Indigenous health staff, and that's an ongoing option. And as far as safety and on call, the main thing is, is that there needs to be a second responder for every call out. Um, most people in cities with doctors and nurses don't go on call outs on their own. And really remote area nurses were one of the last groups who still went out on their own at night on call. Um, and now it's just not acceptable. So that needs to be implemented across the board. Thank you for your time, Sue. Okay, thank you.